Warning! The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Tangwaner Podcast. Uh, from a small town just east of Toronto, it's called Newcastle, Ontario. Newcastle, Ontario. I'm originally from Huntington, West Virginia. Well, I was born in Hamlin, uh, birth, pre- birthplace of Charles Yeager. Or the sound barrier. Massage. Yeah, yeah. And then it's massage. It's yeah, a massage yeah. parlor. Or, or on a menu, orange juice. Uh, <laughs> it's just orange juice. Uh. <laughs> made it like an introduction lesson where we just talked and they asked me questions about Canada and I asked them questions about Korea and it was actually like, when I walked out of there, I was really surprised by it. You're tuned in to the Chang Water. The podcast coming to you from Changwon City, South Korea. With your hosts, Scott, Adam, and Phil. It's the Changwoner Podcast, the podcast that brings you some of the lives of people living and working here in South Korea and in Changwon City in particular. I'm back as one of your hosts. I'm Scott, for those of you who don't know me. We're starting off a new season here, I think, say, season four of the podcast, and I've got a couple new hosts on the show. Sitting across me, I've got Philip Wayne Stanley. How's it going, Phil? Scott, is going great. Thank you for having me. And sitting beside him, we've got Adam Maxwell-Kent. How's it going, Adam? I'm doing very well, thank you. So uh, for this season, we've got Phil and Adam joining me on the podcast, and uh, D had to... Uh, leave korea due to some uh family personal reasons and um, kind of an emergency so not sure when or if he'll be back but it's filling in for this season we've got phil filling no, in no pun intended and adam all right so uh before we get started here i'm probably gonna find out a little more about you two so let's uh start with phil phil where are you originally from I'm originally from Huntington, West Virginia. Well, I was born in Hamlin, uh, birth pre- birthplace of Charles Yeager. Broke the sound barrier. So Charles Yeager? Yeah. Chuck Yeager. We call him Chuck. I thought you were going to say invented Yeager. Yeagermeister. Yeah. <laughs> Yeager bombs. First one to do Yeager bomb. <laughs> Original. So you're from the States then? Yes, sir. So when, when did you first come to Korea? Uh, I was first here um, maybe February 2nd. Or 22nd, 2012. 2012. And have you lived in this area, pretty much? I've lived in Jinhae my entire time here. Okay, 2012. I lived in Jinhae in 2004, so uh, it's probably quite a bit different there. Um, Jinhae's lovely. I mean, it, technically, should I be here for the Changwaner podcast from Jinhae? Jinhae is part of Korea now, or part of Korea, part of Changwon. Mm. So it's Changwon is what? Changwon City, Masan, and Jinhae. Jinhae. Yeah. So, uh, Technically, he's the only person from Changwon. Uh, he's he's on the outskirts, though. You're, he's near the Masan border. I'm closer to Masan, Hapsundong, than I am Changwon downtown. Maybe we're misrepresenting ourselves. Uh, not really. We're kind of spread out. Yeah. Got all, all all the outer skirts of the city covered mm. and come together. It all the, counts. On the inside. And Adam, Adam, you've been on the podcast before. Yes, indeed. So you're from Canada. That's right. Whereabouts in Canada? Uh, from a small town just east of Toronto. It's called Newcastle, Ontario. Newcastle, Ontario. I think every town in Canada is 
small town. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the world, anyway. That's true. And you first came to Korea when? I came, I first came in, uh, let's see, September of 2007. And I stayed until 2010, or, yeah, 2010. And then I left, and I went back to Canada, and I worked a job there for a little bit, didn't like it. So then I went to Europe, and I moved to the Czech Republic, got my TEFL certificate, and started teaching there at a private academy, which was excellent. It was fun. It was a good experience, but ultimately, the money wasn't so good, so I decided to return to Korea. So on and off, I've been here for almost seven years. Seven years. It's quite a while. Yeah. It's similar to me. I mean, I've been here since, I think, 2001, but I've obviously left the country here and there. Mm. I think I've probably spent about a year... Outside of Korea, visiting back home and stuff. Okay. Like a month here, two months here. Mm -hmm. So probably, it's been almost 16 years, but probably around 15 years I've actually been in the country. Okay. So, uh, Phil, what made you decide to choose Jinhae when you first decided to come here anyway? Well, I I have a lot of good friends that came here. Um, Carmen De La Rosa, a good friend of mine from back home. She... uh, uh, summer vacation and she told me that this is where i need to be uh i'm i'm of korean descent my mother's korean so i have family in Ujangbu near seoul okay so uh i had, I had some good friends in busan uh, amanda rowe matt rowe and jeff duffield and you know it, it just felt like a good place to be for me at the time i just finished uh college jenna in particular though or well, yeah, because uh, Carmen lived in Jinhae okay. at the time. So I actually was trying to get a job with the naval base. And while I was there, my FBI background check, had, it had expired. So I was waiting around for that to come through. And then I got a job working at a hog one for a year, which was very fortunate to do. And then eventually I got, got a job at the, uh, the Navy base in Jinhae. Cool. And Adam, what brought you to Korea your first time around? You you had a brother that lived yeah. here, right? Yeah, my brother lived here for, I think, two, maybe three years. And uh, then he went to New Zealand to get a working holiday visa. And he worked at various places like orchards and vineyards and things like that. He stayed there for a year. And then he came back to Canada as I was graduating uh, university. And I didn't know what to do with my life. So he just said, why don't you just go to Korea for a year or so? You make good money, it's a good experience, and you know you can travel around Asia really easily. And yeah, so one year turned into seven. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's because I like it here so much. So Snowballs quickly. Yeah. And did you end up choosing the Changwon area because of your brother, or was it just uh, coincidence? Or? Yeah, I, I actually, I think the first job I looked at was at Jinhae, was in Jinhae. And then, um, you know, you really got to do a lot of research before you work at these private academies because some of them are really terrible. But some of them are really great as well. Now, um, anyway. Yeah, and the Jinhae job, somebody told me, yeah, don't don't work for that person. So uh, a lot a lot easier now to do the research too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Back when I first came here. Yeah, I I always recommend like I don't even think they had the internet. Yeah. So I have I imagine I, I always recommend people to just get the contact information of the other teachers who are working there and then privately email them and ask them, like, is it a good school? Do you have any issues with payment or anything like that? And, you know, the foreign teachers, they'll tell, they'll tell you what's up, you know, especially if they've been slighted. Yeah, you want to talk to someone who's leaving. Yeah. Leaving the, the job first. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's hard to talk to a foreigner that's staying there. Like, is going to still be working there when you come, type th- or when they come? Because mm-hmm. obviously it's hard to badmouth something, but you're working there. Yeah. And you have to work with this person, but at the same time, you don't really want to lie to them because you're going to be working with them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't want to say, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Been working there a long time. Come over, you'll be working with me. It's going to be great type thing. Yeah. Then they show up and you know the job's kind of shitty. Yeah, and you got to work with them. That would yeah, that would spoil spoil the working relationship definitely. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on the hunt on on the internet, like people looking. Hey, is this school good? And I like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> don't don't even know what it is. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. So I don't, if you I, if you see Scott, just don't listen to his advice. Yeah, <laughs> except for now. So, uh, Phil, you've been living in Jene for, you said, around seven years, on and off. Five years. Five years, sorry. Shows how much I listen. Jene for life. Jene for life. So uh, what, what, what is it about Jene that you like? Well, I mean, it's just, it, it's quiet. Like, coming to Changwon, you go to Busan or Seoul, like, it's just busy life. In Ch- or in Jinhe, it's just beautiful. Like, we have the Cherry Blossom Festival, and it's, it's the only time that place gets busy. Yeah, it's pretty tough getting around in town. Oh, it's asses to elbows the whole time. That's the first week of April, right? Usually uh, around. It's usually like the the first real spring in Korea. It's uh, sometimes it's the end of March, early April. Yeah, I remember uh, the one year that I did live in Jinhae during the Cherry Blossom Festival. It was quicker just to walk right. wherever you want to go in town. Type I got, thing. I got on a bus maybe two years ago. To come to Changwon, and I was on the bus for 15 minutes. I can still see my house; like it's madness. I think they've gotten a lot better in recent years about uh, traveling through the city. Yeah, they have some regulations now. Yeah. Like you can't drive into the city unless you have like a Jinhae residence sticker yeah, on, yeah. Your, on it, your bumper. It was awesome because I got one of those this year. It's like when you uh, get your car, you get a uh, a little I don't know a little placard little pictures to put on the window but no one seemed to mind like if you had it or not the people were still driving yeah mm-hmm. but yeah jenna is lovely all right and uh speaking of you got your driver's license in korea which is probably a oh, first thing yeah i actually lived here for a couple of years and then i finally got one last year and it's it's not difficult to get a uh, driver's license but it's it's well worth it um Everything was in English. If you have a car, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, cars are <laughs> cars are super cheap here. I paid nine hundred cash for a used car from another teacher. Well, actually, it was a couple, and it was it was worth it. Like you can you can go get groceries very easily. You know, you can go see your friends. Maybe take a small trip. I'm I'm, I'm driving a Matisse right now, so it's that's it's, what I had. I had a Matisse too when I lived in Chennai. Yeah. But, uh, see, I'm the opposite. I don't recommend having a car here. Your blood pressure goes straight through the roof. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat as Scott there. I drove here my first year. I had, a, like, a company car, and it drove me up the wall every time. So I much prefer just uh, public transportation. For, for me, myself, like, I usually, if I go out, I'm probably going to have a drink or many. So there's no point in driving anyway. But you can get the drivers. Deryunja. Yeah, but I just sim take taxi. Yeah. 
I don't. I'm not saying I don't trust myself because I never put myself in that situation. But if I got really smashed, would I be like, all right, I can just get a driver? Or I'm usually more confident when I'm smashed. Mm. You know, not technically, not really, but <laughs> just the way I am. So I just, I don't know. I, I prefer. I take taxis everywhere. Taxis hey, 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 buses. Yeah. Taxis are cheap. In Transportation Korea, in Korea in general is... It's super re- reliable. ...is cheap and affordable. Where having a vehicle, I mean, parking is shit here. Oh, I hate driving through Sangnam-dong. Right, it's- parking sucks, traffic is bad, road rage is bad, and gasoline's a fortune here. Is it? Okay. Well, compared to... I think it's been like 80, 80 com- a month. Com- compared to... Uh, Canada gasoline's a fortune. Mm. So for me, it's just cheaper to taxi it. And you said buying groceries and shit. Like usually, for most teachers in Korea, a grocery store or something is walking distance. Where it's I live, literally where I live, like you want to go to Home Plus or Lotte Mart, like it makes it so much easier. Taxi. It's a what two dollars to take a cab. It's to always Home been Plus a big. Or something? It's a big stress home. relief to be able to drive. Like if I need to clear my mind, I'll just take my car down the coast and just yeah it's weird in canada i love to drive you know i just would go out drive for hours get a coffee at tim hortons drive through drive around but i just don't like it here i want to get out of my house for for a couple hours i just no it is good if you want to like go to a pension or camp or something for a weekend or get away but other than that i just don't see the use yeah it can also be really frustrating because a lot of people break the rules here while driving like i went up in my experience i've seen a lot of people just run red lights just like if you did that in canada you'd be in deep trouble so well back home in west virginia like if if someone doesn't immediately go on a red light that's fine like you know you just take your time but like here, if you're like half a second when the light turns green, someone behind you is just like honking that horn. Yeah, and like, very impatient, yeah. I think that's more just, it's common to use the horn here, yeah. where I don't know about states, but in Canada, it's kind of rude to use the horn unless it's like an emergency situation, so people aren't used to it. Yeah. But here, people use the horn for everything, you know what I mean? Like, some people honk the horn, hey, I'm turning right soon. Yeah. So they're honking the horn to tell you, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be turning right. Just common use. It's not meant to be rude or anything like that. Yeah, sometimes even taxis will honk, like give me a little honk, like, <clears throat> like, hey, do you need a taxi? Like, yeah. I'm here. And I yeah. just, yeah. First I thought that was strange, but then I was like, oh, they're just trying to make, make money, right? So. so when we all first came here, there was a lot of first, first things of this and that. So why don't we talk a little bit about our first experiences here in korea so uh let's start off with where was the first place that you stayed when you arrived in korea starting with phil um i stayed with my friend carmen uh i was lucky enough to have someone who had an open couch and i i stayed on her couch for six months which i mean that's not easy to do she had like separate bedrooms and stuff but like yeah it was it was a rough couple and i thought about like waiting and waiting, and then I almost went home, like, before I had a job. So when you first came here, you didn't have a job? Well, I had a job. Like, I, ha- I had interviews, and my background check had expired. So I was waiting for a new one, and, like, I was almost defeated. So, like, you 
you paid for your flight here and yeah. just came I, here yeah, on I your never, own type thing? Okay. I never got reimbursed Which for is it. different than others, because yeah. I was going to ask you why your school or whoever yeah. didn't hook you up. Well, the um, we were going through all the process, the paperwork, and my background check expired a couple days before I had the interview, and like they were going through the process, and they just decided to absorb the job instead of, you know, waiting. So I was so defeated. I remember like, you know, hearing the phone call, and like, it's like, well, I'm gonna go get some get some liquor and you know get over this, and maybe go back home with my tail tucked between my legs. Um, I was really fortunate. I I talked to some people, and they were looking for uh, a teacher at an, at a private ac- academy, and so I got a job there. And I worked under the table, which may or may not be legal. I worked there for a couple months, and then I got you know my visa and everything sorted out, and I reapplied for the job I have now, and everything's been great. So your first place, you're staying at a friend, yeah, that just you knew. couching it up. Kelton. All right. And Adam, where did you first end up? Your first night in Korea, where did you stay? Uh, my boss picked me up at Gimhae Airport. We drove to Changwon. I was exhausted because it was a 14-hour flight. It was the longest flight I'd ever taken. And um, he just brought me to an apartment, and he said, here's your place, and you start work tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not much time to settle in. But it was... I gotta say, the first apartment was a real shithole. I didn't like it at all. But na- the neighbors would get drunk all the time, and they'd vomit on the stairs. And then, luckily, my friend finished, who also worked at uh, this academy, he finished his contract and left. So I was able to move into his place, which was a lot nicer and uh, just around the corner. So it was easy to move. So you actually had an apartment when you first got here? Yeah, yeah, they had one ready for me. So how was the jet lag teaching the first day? Uh, it was pretty bad. Like I was, yeah, you know, like when, especially with the time difference, you know, the time change or Canada is something like, uh, or at least Toronto is something like, uh, 10 or 11 hours or about 12, 12 hours 12 ahead of to us. to 11 and a half, depending on. Are they, no, we're ahead of them, right? Uh, no. we're ahead. Yeah. 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 So like with, with that, even when I went home to, for my sister's wedding, it's like you try to wake up and you try to just set a routine but then you know in the middle of the afternoon you just get wiped out like exhausted and you just fucking you just fall asleep so oh all right my experience was totally different when i first came here i mean obviously it was a long time ago so yeah. the rules were probably a little different when i first got here i got picked up at the airport by my boss and uh brought me back to Changwon and uh put me in a love motel mm-hmm which, which was, you know, a bit odd. Not odd, but it's the first time, like, walking in. They had those, like, Pokemon poker cards. Okay. That were all over the place. Had to yeah, catch yeah. them all. Yeah, I just start picking them up. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, these places in Korea, it was the whole building, but you had to walk up to the third floor because, like, the lobby check-in place was on the third floor, mm-hmm. not on the first floor. Yeah. And, uh... They had these fluorescent kind of naked girls on all the walls in the hallway okay. that were like drawn, like not actual crudely drawn, like well, not professional painted or something. Yeah. But definitely the outlines of girls. Got my room. I have one of those love chairs in the yeah. room, which is you know was a bit odd. I'm like I didn't even know what it was when I first walked in, mm-hmm. and uh, spent the first night there. 
and got picked up the next day because the teacher I was replacing was still at the school. I was waiting for them to move out type thing. Yeah. But it turned out that he and I was going to live in the school. So one of the classrooms was actually in my room. What? Wow. So uh, I moved in, moved in, you know, a day or two later after this guy moved out. And one of the classrooms was, you know, changed into a bedroom type thing. Wow. And I lived in the classroom in the, in the actual English Academy. That's... <laughs> and I never had a washing machine. I didn't have hot water. Didn't have a lot of things my first year here. It's bare bones. I got to the point where, okay, washing clothes, I just took my basket of dirty clothes and put it in front of my director's house and had him wash my clothes every, you know, once a week or whatever. Yeah. But I had to go to uh, Jim Joe Bong's or whatever for hot showers. Mm. And when it was colder out, I didn't have heat, didn't have anything. But my first year here was just, it was fun. It was an experience. Like, I really enjoyed it. I never met a foreigner for six months. I can't imagine and, uh, having that experience. And uh, it was great. I mean, I remember going out to bars one time. I've mentioned on the podcast before I got in a cab. Didn't know where I was going. I was like, all right, just take me to a bar. And ended up going to about nine different bars that night with the cab driver. <laughs> like bar <laughs> hopping. You? Yeah, bar hopping with the cab driver. And there's quite a few days that... I'd never, I didn't, I worked at like one thirty or maybe 3, I don't know. But I just stayed in bed until the first student knocked on my door. Like, again, my bedroom was one of the classrooms. I don't know if I could do that. So yeah. the students would just show up, knock on the door. I'd jump out of bed, throw on some clothes. And, mm. All right, let's go. I need that separation. Go, go to the classroom. Home, like, Pretty fast uh, commute to yeah. work. Huh? Yeah. It, it didn't matter back then, but. You know, that was my first year here. So, and eventually, the, when I decided to stay year after year, I just kind of made sure things were better every year, you know, in terms of where I live and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about your, what was your first impression when you arrived? My first impression was, so I I never traveled before coming to Korea. So it was, it was very jarring, like, you know, coming here, uh, the... The climate, the uh, the scenery, everything was very close to West Virginia, which I felt like it helped my mother when when she made the transition, because at the same time, like my age, my parents' age, they were they were going back. Like my father came to Korea around my age, my mother came to the states at at my age, so it was very uh, poetic on how things had changed and. You know, the, the last time I talked to my mother, she was crying because she didn't really teach me Korean because she thought I would never come back to Korea. I, I came here when I was a kid, and I have very little memories of being in Korea. But everything kind of, like, it was it was different, but it felt somewhat familiar. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I, I was able to adjust quickly. I had a lot of good friends here, so I didn't really have the... Uh, the disconnect most people have when they come here. Like I already knew several people, you know, I was, I was put into the, uh, the social pipeline pretty quickly. So, mm. you know, there was the initial shock, but then I adjusted, I think quickly and uh, it's made my experience that much better. Cool. 
And Adam, what was your first impression? Um, let's see. Well, I was really tired, and I I walked downtown to um, just kind of like look at things. And I was in Sangnamdong, which is like you know central downtown, I'd say of Changwon proper. And I was just amazed at all the signs. Like there were sign, there were like yeah. fifty, sixty signs on one building, and the neon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So that was pretty interesting. And then, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I didn't know anyone when I came, but there was a South African woman uh, teaching at my school, and she invited me out, and she introduced me to her friends, and so that was good. And so, uh, yeah, I went out, met some other foreigners, and then within like a month or so, I had a good circle of friends. Do you ever get that? I'm sorry, we're just writing on. I have to bring this up because because uh, when I first got here, I had students for whatever reason they had to write a sentence. Yeah, and it was the question was like, "What color is the pen?" Mm-hmm. And they write, "Pen is blue." Penis blue. Yes. Penis blue. <laughs> because they don't know where to separate words and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we had penis blue. That's pretty good. Happens often. Mm. But uh, that was the same thing for me when I first got here was the neon and the signs. And being in Canada, I don't know about you, but for me, I wasn't used to looking up that often. Mm -hmm. And in Korea, there are so many places like on the second, third, and fourth floor or whatever. And I just never looked. So I spent a good almost half a year just walking around my area not realizing, holy shit, there's a pool hall up there on the second floor, PC rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's really great when you start uh, looking at Korean words and like you start to understand them, and you you read something you're like massage. Yeah, yeah. And then it's massage. It's yeah, a massage yeah. parlor. Or, or on a menu, orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just orange juice. Oh. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like when it starts clicking, like you just, you start seeing like all these things that you've never noticed. Right. How long did it take you to uh, decide to start figuring out the Korean language in terms of being able to read the alphabet? I mean, I uh, I wanted to learn before I came here and then I, I put it off and I still struggle with studying, but the longer I've stayed here, like it's just it's just starting to click more. Uh, I don't really know how to express myself in Korean, but so you never learned the alphabet as a child. No, or anything? no, no. Like you yeah. said, you said your mom was. Yeah, oh yeah. She she cried when she realized I was coming here because she didn't think I would ever need it. So she never. Taught well, you. my father contends that she tried to teach me when I was a child, and like I I was very angry about it, which I think he's lying. But I love you, Dad and Mom. And. uh I was going to ask, what was your first experience or your first Korean meal or food that you had when you arrived here? Um, Adam. Uh, my boss took me out for lunch my first day, and uh, or I should say my second day because in the first day I was just sleeping. But uh, he took me to some fish place. I still don't even know the name of this kind of soup, but it's like a fish soup. And he said he had a terrible hangover, and he said, this is really good for a hangover. So I was like, okay, good to know. And I still go there to this day once in a while. I still don't even know what it's called. I just look at the woman, and I'm like, she's like, says something, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> so some type of seafood? Yeah, it's one of those restaurants where it's like they have a specialty, and everyone orders that. Nobody orders anything else. Yeah, yeah see, for me, it was tough because... I'm kind of allergic to seafood. 
Oh, really? Can't eat fish and shit. Oh, that's too bad. So uh, I was a little worried about that. And the area I lived in was quite poor when I first arrived. And uh, didn't know where to go or what to eat. There was no, like, McDonald's or anything around in the area I was <coughs> when I first arrived. Not like now where... Everywhere. I mean, there's so many options for foreigners now in terms of food and fast food restaurants and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Even the, uh, like the local convenience stores, they didn't have anything, really. Everything was just Korean, you know what I mean? Like, beer, the only option was height. There's yeah. no imports and stuff. No, there's nothing. Chips and stuff where everything had squid on it or something like yeah. that. I just didn't know what to eat. And I can't remember to this day what first korean i food i had was probably samgyeopsal mm-hmm. or meat you know something like a welcoming that dinner. i could eat yeah how about you what was the first meal the first thing so, i had so i was a bit jet lagged and you know it was maybe noon but it felt like it was you know midnight and my friend carmen took me to a budejige restaurant which it originated from my mother's hometown ujangbu and bude jjigae is is one of those things where like you're watching them make it and you're like nah I'm not I'm not going to eat that it's got it's got hot dogs spam beans kimchi all kinds of vegetables noodles and it just looks horrible that's the soldier soup right yeah, yeah yeah it's because uh during the it was after the war that all the surplus food was given to the people and just to feed them and they would make a stew out of it and so I'm I'm sitting there looking at them making it. I'm like, there's no way this is any good. And then you just you take your first bite, and it's just so flavorful. And since then, like, if I if I go to a restaurant, I will try anything now because hmm. you know you have this preconceived notion of like what you will eat or what you won't eat, and it just like opened up everything for me. So like that was the best thing in my situation to have because it just looked like. It was just a mess of food, and it was it just worked so well together. Yeah, and uh, let's talk about your first day of teaching. Do you remember? I like for myself, I don't specifically remember the first day I ever taught. I had some teaching experiences, you know, back in Canada, like I was a TA in university mm-hmm. and taught some uh, computer classes, but I didn't have any experience when I first came here. And was kind of just thrown in a classroom. But before I get into that, let's start with Adam. What was your first day of teaching like? Yeah, I had no experience teaching, no training. Um, and my boss picked me up and he said, okay, we're going to go to this uh, coffee place. It's like a coffee factory, Maxim Coffee. That's out near Pagandong. Yeah. And uh, we get out of the car and he walks in with me. And I thought, oh, maybe he'll just like introduce me to someone or, you know, get something established but he hands me a green uh activity book and he goes all right you gotta go teach these guys i'll be back in two hours and i was like what <laughs> and uh i walk in and it's this huge boardroom and it's all these guys like company or company workers so you're tired adults yeah they were like a lot of them were like probably twice my age and uh i was like 23 at the time and i sat down and i was scared shitless but then i basically just winged it and i just made it like an introduction lesson where we just talked and they asked me questions about Canada and I asked them questions about Korea and it was actually like when I walked out of there I was really surprised by by how I did it you know like 
because I thought I, I thought it was going to be a disaster. Yeah. And how about you, Phil? When, what was your first day of teaching like? Well, I can remember like the first day of training, which yeah, training. It, it was it was the guy leaving the hagwon. So like he's having these like parties with kids. Like one class they have McDonald's, you know. Another class they just eat candy, and like they're all the kids are really happy. And the next day, I'm supposed to teach out this book that I didn't. I'd see the first day, and the kids were just so disappointed the whole time, just like looking at me like, "Where's our McDonald's? Where's our candy?" I'm like, I don't know. Like, let me get one of the other teachers in here. And mm. uh, at first, it was really overwhelming because like you have to learn this whole curriculum and it's each each book is different and but once you settle in you know it, you make it your own you make it yeah. your own class and they they adapt to you i think that's the biggest lesson you learn is you know whatever you're teaching whatever you're good at you play to your strengths and you let the kids work around you yeah when i first got here the school the actual english academy is like on the fifth floor of this kindergarten school and uh one of the classrooms was actually done up like mcdonald's like it had a counter with the mcdonald's menu right on the wall and stuff like that but uh it was me and one korean teacher and i had to pick all the books and stuff to use like it wasn't really taught anything and i just got put in this classroom with these little probably seven eight year old kids and didn't know what i was doing just opened up the book and but uh it was actually like adam said it was quite easy i started off with kids and not ad- adults i did teach adults later on mm-hmm. and there is a big difference yeah oh yeah you know there's a difference between a bunch of people that don't want to learn or forced <clears throat> to be there essentially and, yeah from other side a difference between that and obviously people that want to learn mm-hmm. like I realized my first couple of years here, my English is quite shit in terms of, I don't know grammar, I don't know what the hell this means. Or explaining why a preposition is used yeah, in certain cases. I don't cases. know what that yeah. is, I still don't. <laughs> and I, I don't know how to spell, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I remember teaching in Jinhei, like adults had, uh, it might have been STX or the army base, I'm not sure. But like the word precious came out and I wrote it on the board and one of the students like put their hands up. Uh, I don't think that's how you spell precious. And how do you spell it? Correct. You get an extra point. No, <laughs> I usually You're just testing them. Yeah, <laughs> I always pull off the. Well, in Canada we spell it this way. But well, in Canada we don't have American. To spell. Yeah, American. <laughs> this is how you spell it. Yeah. But uh, and it took me a long while to get over the difference of like American spelling and Canadian spelling with the U's. Yeah. Why is there so many U's? Like now I'm used to color. Just C O L O R. Correct way. No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, that's just the way it is. And uh, you, you just, it's sometimes it's better just getting thrown into the mix and yeah, figuring it out yourself. Yeah. yeah. Trial by fire. I quickly realized it didn't really matter. You know, yeah. it, when I first came here, it was more you were a foreign face, and that's all they. Well, I'm not. All, all they needed type thing. <laughs> Well, my f- again, this was yeah. 16 years ago. When I was looking for a job, uh, I did an interview, like a phone interview, and then they were they're like really pleased and like they were going to hire me for this job. And then they saw my picture and they're like, no, you, you don't have a foreign face. And I was crushed. Like, you know, I'm, I am Korean, so. 
I, I thought that it, it would it would go well here. And then mm. my first rejection for, from a job, a real job, was because I wasn't foreign enough. Yeah, well, I can see that. Yeah. But when I first got here, that's you know, it didn't matter what your abilities were and shit like that. It was just all right. You're a foreigner. We just want your face on everything. And I think it is a lot sink or swim, not only for teaching, but like um, like work ethic. Like Koreans have a pretty strong work ethic. I remember my brother telling me uh, a new teacher showed up at his school when he was here, and the guy didn't show up one day. And so my brother's boss said, where is this guy? You know, like I've been waiting for him all morning. So my brother calls the guy. And he goes, where are you? You're supposed to be at the school teaching right now. And the guy's like, yeah, I know, but I had to get my hair cut. And then he was probably fired after that, you know. It's like, it better have been a really good haircut. Yeah. Maybe. Back in the day, it was really difficult to get fired. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there wasn't many options, and the school spent so much money getting you here. Yeah. You know, you literally, unless you're a criminal of some kind. Yeah, unless you're, yeah, a real I don't, I don't know too many reprobate. people that's ever been fired from a job. Yeah, yes, I, I do. I in, the last, in the last few years, it's quite more common. Just show up. Show up and do, do your job. Yeah. You know? yeah, there's not much to it. For some people, it's not that easy, I guess. Yeah. No idea why, but anyway, we're going to wrap things up. So, uh, Phil, how can people get in touch with you if they want? I'm on Facebook, uh, Philip Wayne Stanley, and I guess I'm on Instagram, Phil Wayne, Phil Wayne Stan. All right. And Adam? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Adam Maxwell Kent. I'm on Instagram, I think, is Ever Stalwart. And uh, yeah, what does that mean? Uh, it's from a it's from a Coen Brothers film, you know, True Grit. Yeah, yeah. At one point, Matt Damon's character he's like riding away on a horse dramatically, and he's like Ever Stalwart. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, Stalwart means like very reliable, dependable things like that. And I'm at Adam at the dot com. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so both these guys, you can email them now at phil at com or adam at changwanner.com. And you can get in touch with me, any social media, just at changwanner or scott at thechangwanner.com. Okay, so 10-4, uh, good buddy. Over and out. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Changwanner Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.